welcome to Goonies World. I am Johnny Farrow, also known as Sean, and I'm here with Ryan, also known as Mean. Hello. And, of course, Colin, also known as Goonie. Hello. And last time we played Act 1 of the Spy Game. Today we're going to play Act 2. And our heroes, Vinny Rigatoni, the young new agent for Agency yeah, X, right. has been teamed up with the much older... Niles Thorpe, a man of great experience who had much mojo back in the day, but maybe he's starting to get just a little slow. Nonsense. Although he's lost none of his dignified charm. In the last game, uh, our heroes were tracking down a tape of humpback whale songs that were very different and insistent. Scientists wondered if there was not something vitally important that the whales were trying to tell us. But somebody try. uh, well, you can go back and listen to it, but uh, our heroes have just come back to Agency or to Annex X, which is six stories beneath the Washington Monument in Washington D.C., where Agent Niles Thorpe had to recuperate uh, because he was shot, hit in the arm, and sustained burns from a vat of cooking grease in a fight in the mall, where the agents went to meet Charity Pinch a Cambridge professor of computer sciences who had a copy of the whale song tape. She was trying to help come up with a computer program to figure out what they were saying, but she was fearful and wanted to turn it over to authorities. So our agents, posing as Defense Intelligence Agency agents, went there. They captured a girl who tried to steal the whale song tape from Charity Pinch. And she said she worked for, she took the job of a thick man, a big man with a thick neck with a black diamond tattooed on it. Uh, was one clue that the agents recovered. And then Niles made an amazing throw of a small bug, landed in the breast pocket of another one of the assailants who had attacked Charity Pinch with a little robotic butterfly to cause a distraction and put everyone to sleep so that the tape could be stolen. And the tracking... Uh, the tracker shows that 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 that, that man, a, bl- a man with blonde, spiky hair and glasses, uh, is currently heading out over the Atlantic Ocean towards Iceland, where he must already be. And by now, of course, the range of the tracker is like a little a little too far gone. Now, uh, you guys are back in Washington, but clearly it was headed for Reykjavik, uh, the capital of Iceland. And it is about midday the next day. It's been the earliest possible time that they could get um, Agent Niles Thorpe back into fighting trim with the amazing medical technology they have here. So you're, of course, fine again as far as these things go, uh, Niles. Mm-hmm. And you're back in Section Director Keen's office with his big mahogany desk and models of ships, and he looks at you with his <coughs> elderly baby face. He says, so... This black diamond that you mentioned, this tattoo, that rings some bells for us, that sent up some flags, that happens to be the code name of an agent of the Cabal, Black Diamond. Ah, uh, yes. Now, we believe Black Diamond actually is a woman. Named Anna what? Ale- yes, Anna Alexandra. This fellow with the tattoo perhaps works for her. Uh... We, of course, cannot prove that Black Diamond, mentioned in these communiques of the Cabal, is, in fact, Anna Alexandra, but intelligence indicates that. Now, she's the richest person you've never heard of. Mm. Uh, 
A She's femme fatale, I'm guessing. A very attractive woman. She's <clears throat> descended from Polish nobility, you see. Her father collaborated oh. with the Nazis. She's a freak, I bet. Well, her father collaborated with the Nazis to help overthrow his All people. All Polish are. And then he did the same thing with the Soviets. And her father walked out of the war with a fortune, a stolen fortune. But because he was helping Americans hunt Nazis, it was hands off as far as the American intelligence organizations were concerned back then. He was safe from any kind of prosecution. But he raised his daughter in Iceland, and she's inherited everything. She's a shrewd operator, and through various uh, investments, she's quintupled the family fortune. Now, we've never been exactly sure of her role or status in the Cabal. And I think, given recent events, it's time we looked into this black diamond. And by us, of course, I mean you. Oh, yes. And uh, he puts on some bifocals and he types into this little AIM computer that's, that's on his desk. He says, aha, mm-hmm, yes, yes. It appears that Alexandra, or should I say, Black Diamond, uh, might give us the opportunity for you to do just that. Tomorrow night, she's hosting a gala event for charity at her estate outside of Reykjavik. It's called Wealthy Feed the World. It's one of those hip charity fundraisers for the starving ch- children in Africa. You, you've seen, you've heard the songs. And it's all the rage right now. But I think we can arrange a last-minute invitation for you two, but you'll need some good cover stories. You'll need a super-rich background. And I'll need that pronto so we can work up the documentation for you. Um, we're going to have a false, some false checkbooks drawn up so you can donate money at the event. Don't worry. It, it will probably never be paid. Uh, that being said, see if you could find out what the average, just in case we end up having to eat crow and pay this if we're completely wrong, don't don't offer $10 million to the children of Africa. Nevertheless, just try to... I can't give you too many specific instructions here. You'll have to get into the party, see if you could get close to her, perhaps. See what you could see around the estate. Oh, see what yes. opportunities pre- present themselves, you know? And uh, mm. now, let's talk this about is, those... This that? is what I do. Yes. You don't need to tell me. Well, you are one of the best. You, yes, you still are. You're still one of the best. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now, Agent Rigatoni, I would ask you to uh, respectfully please keep an eye out for Niles. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's, a, he's a great agent, but he's, he's hurt, as you can see. He's, he's fine for duty, but... You're young, fit. It's one of the reasons we recru- recruited you. And uh, I'd hate to see anything happen to Niles. He's been with us for a long time. Well, I didn't see the, the guy that he was chasing. I didn't realize there was another guy. I just thought it was uh, the, 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 the girl with the, the thing, the we purse. Re- we realize anything can happen. Anything can happen in the field. <coughs> anyway, let's talk about these cover IDs. And uh, I don't want to put you on the spot too quick, but you're going to have to come up with some super rich cover identities to go to the party. So uh, what do you think, uh, Ryan? What what would Vinny's cover ID be? Hmm. I think he'll be... mafioso. Oh, um, I just, I got to decide what... Uh... Well, while you're thinking about it, let me tell you a bit about this estate. It's outside of Reykjavik and... Uh, you're going to need to drive there. So given the events that happened uh, in Boston, I think we better provide you with agency transportation. So we're going to arrange for an uh, Audi Quattro. We're going to go ahead and have that sent ahead. And we're going to go ahead and requisition anything you need. So you guys can also pick uh, 
three items from just between the two of you uh, from the car. You know, think kind of things you guys might oh. want on your car. So I'm giving you some things to think about. What kind of things you think you guys will need <laughs> oh, on an Audi Quattro? And some basic cover ideas. It doesn't have to be a huge background story, but you got to be somebody who could be wealthy enough to uh, show yes, up. Yes, I donate. think um, someone from the south, you know, like Louisiana, perhaps something. Uh, what sort of profession? Oh, you could be like a you'd be like a Texas oil baron or something. Maybe I don't know. Oil, oil certainly yes. works. But I have a. a Excellent Louisiana accent. Um, well, I'm sure there are some Louisiana oil barons. Could be a Louisiana. Uh, what do they do in Louisiana? Could be the they crayfish go. king of the crayfish king. There you go. The crayfish king of Baton Rouge. Crawdaddy. Is it, are those the same thing? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Crawdaddy king. Crawdaddy king. What's, what's his name? Uh, the Crawdaddy King of Baton Rouge. Probably some kind of French. And of course, you know, Agent Keane's taking notes about all this because you got a. Jean Luc. <laughs> Jean Luc. <laughs> Beauregard. Yes. Yes. Jean Luc Beauregard, the Crawdaddy King of Baton Rouge. And you will be joined at the party by. It's really tempting to uh, steal one of Goonies' previous character names and be Seamus McGriddles, the Irish. <laughs> the Irish. Go for it. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> but what's he, what did he get rich on in Ireland? Potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> Me owns a, I don't know. The Dublin McGriddle Potato Empire. All right. <laughs> McGriddle. If you eat a hash brown in Ireland anywhere, it's going to be a McGriddle hash brown. <laughs> All right. Or was it McGriddles? Just McGriddle. All right. All right. I think we can get those cover IDs worked up within the next hour. We'll get. We'll get. We'll put, of course, the the appropriate background documentation. It's likely she uh, looks into any of the donors who managed to get an invitation to this uh, wealthy feed the world event. Uh, so have you had a chance to think about what you might like us to outfit this Audi Quattro with? Oh, well, I must insist on smokescreen, for one. Uh, That's very, that will come in handy. You know, or, well... It's a trident, it's a classic. We're either that or oil slick, but I... Hmm. They both sort of serve the same. In a perfect world, of course, you won't need any of this, says Agent Keen. But the estate is about forty-five minute drive from Reykjavik proper. I'd hate to see you rely on public transportation to show up to such an event. I think tire slashing hubcaps. It's always been one of my personal favorites. Another one. All right, and one more. I got to put in a vote for a rocket booster. Yeah, of course. Can you not get a rocket booster? Yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like. It basically is a good power to make one ridiculous kind of jump, you know, once. Alright. So. So, you have the Audi Quattro equipped with tire slashing hubcaps, smoke screen, and rocket booster. And are we keeping... I'll have that shipped over immediately. 
Are we keeping our other inventory that well, we had? You can switch out your inventory if you like, or you can, or you can hold on to it. You probably don't need the false ID. That'll be taken care of. I think that would—that's a given, yeah. probably. Mm-hmm. Now, what kind of? Uh, what, what what direction outside of uh, Reykjavik is the uh, state? It's actually to the south of Reykjavik. You you'll actually pass it. Uh, you'll be touching down in uh, Kevlavik Airport, which is uh, south of of Reykjavik, and then you'll be driving north, so you should get a chance to see it and perhaps do some light reconnoitering, if at all possible, during the afternoon before the event. We, of course, have you booked uh, with a couple of rooms at the Borg. It's the finest hotel in Reykjavik. I think you'll be very pleased. Unfortunately, it's very expensive, but we will need to do that to maintain your cover. If, of course, you are invited to stay overnight at the estate, I suggest you do it. Did you say Borg? Yes, Borg. It's called the Uh, Borg locally, the Hotel Borg. Very fine hotel. Jean-Luc doesn't like Borgs. (laughs) 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 At any rate, uh, with that worked out, by by noon the next day, um, your... Stratojet's touching down in Kevlovic Airport, which is south of Reykjavik, just like he said. And you pick up the Audi Quattro there, and you drive it the rest of the way to the city. It handles very nicely. Who's driving? Uh, I'm a drive. Yeah. That's befitting for your dignity, to be driven. Um, I, I just want to say that I replaced the, uh, the false ID uh-huh. with the... With the gear- Garot. Okay, right. Is it disguised as something else? Is it disguised in a necktie or shoelace or just in your pocket undisguised? Um, yeah, um, I would say that it could be, um, like, in a, yeah, in the tie, that would work. Okay. Now, about halfway through your flight, by the way, your tracker started activating again when you came back in range. And when you landed at the airport and got the Audi and began driving north to Reykjavik, um, you can see it right there. It's stationary now, this guy, the, the tracker. Uh, maybe it's just his suit jacket it's in a closet or something, but you, you're, you've definitely followed him to the right place. And um, on your way to the Hotel Borg, uh, Iceland, you're just you're stricken with its beauty, stark beauty. And it's just started getting dark again here after being, you know, perpetual daylight for many months. But uh, it's still broad daylight right now, and the land is kind of climbing up the mountains in the distance, and there's all these clear, bubbling white streams coming down through these valleys of really lush grass. Colors just seem more vibrant than you're used to. You don't know if it's something in the atmosphere or what. But soon enough, you're coming right up on where the tracker signal is, and in the distance to the west, to your right, and the ocean is to your left, by the way, there's this big inland bay that kind of juts in. Not quite a big fjord, but an inland bay. And there is what looks like a castle up on the hill above it, even though, historically speaking, there really are no, or were no, castles in Iceland. But this is obviously pretty old and built to look like a castle. And it overlooks this bay, like I said, but there's this very dangerous kind of winding road that leads up to it. And that is, in fact, according to your information and your documents and, and the tracker, that is what's known locally as uh, House Alexandra. Uh, 
H-A-U-S, Alexandra, mm -hmm. where where this Anna Alexandra, this great entrepreneur, who is suspected of being the cabal agent Black Diamond, lives. And you might try, I and mean, you could drive up there and see what you could see if you want. It looks like there's some activity, though. There's vans and, and things like that. You'd have to pull off the road, and it may or may not be even necessary. You could try to get a bit of a lay of the land, or you could not risk your cover and uh, not risk anything going terribly wrong while you reconnoiter, and you could just go straight to the, the hotel and get ready. What do you guys uh, think you'd choose to do at this point? You're driving up to it right now, or you're going to have to make your choice pretty soon whether to turn right and go up the hill or just go to the hotel. Uh, what do you want to, what do you want to do, uh, old man? It it seems wise to get a lay of the land. We might be able to spot uh, something, you know. Well, whacking uh, the argument from young Vinny, I think we'll go ahead. And nah, he's and whatever he, whatever he wants to do. He's the he's the, he's the experience. Uh, All right, you know that's a good attitude, Agent. You know, uh, Alexander Keen would be pleased. Anyway. Um, when you drive up there, it's uh, boy, not a road you'd want to drive real fast on. You know, slightest miscalculation, you smash into a cliff or you know, fall off right into the bay. But uh, there's uh, the hotel itself, I mean, not the hotel, uh, the estate itself is like I say, built to look like a castle. But as you get closer, uh, make Mind rolls as you approach to see what you can Ooh. see. Oh, nice! You guys critical both succeed. We have one critical success, and even though they're trying to be discreet, they're not exactly hidden. Niles, your experienced eye detects at least a dozen security men out in the not right in the castle either, but like out in the grounds around it and perched on various sides of the road. You can tell they have walkie talkies. And uh, they've got Colt 9mm submachine guns, American Colts. Mm. Um, aren't wearing uniforms or anything like that, just windbreakers and, you know, running shoes, stuff like that. Um, you definitely notice that much, and that's quite a bit of detail. Um, also, they have satellite communications here, you notice, too, on the, on the castle itself, um, which is still sort of cutting-edge, state-of-the-art technology. There is a six-foot-high uh, stone wall that's all the way around the estate itself. You can see there's big old stables in the back that looks like it's been converted into garages. And there's some workers spreading gravel out back, presumably maybe to make more parking area for tonight, perhaps. And they're setting up a valet stand, so you learn at least that uh, you're going to be expected to use valet parking when you come tonight. And... Uh, it probably means giving your keys to somebody mm -hmm. and sending them out to park the car. Um, anyway, you, uh, you because of your success, you get really close. You see there are catering company vans um, that are pulled up, and you see there people are bringing in uh, you know various supplies for the party tonight. There is a, about an eight-piece jazz band unloading in the back, and no one so far has challenged you. But as you're pulling up into the drive. Uh, a woman with a really tight bun in her hair and glasses. She was totally Nordic and really, really young. She's carrying a clipboard and she has a walkie-talkie and she comes walking out onto the drive as your Audi is pulling in. Do you guys 
stop and talk to her, or do you go ahead and just pull back around? Yeah, and pull I'll, out? I'll stop and, and roll down the roll down the window. Does you do the dungeon here? Uh, hello. Oh, English. Yes. You here for flugvelier? You here for party business? Uh, <laughs> I don't. I I don't. I don't know. I'll go to the airport. No, I'm sorry. The airport is that way, she says in very good English. And she points back south. <laughs> I was just putting you on, lass. Yeah, we're oh. here for the party. Oh, well, no, I'm, I'm afraid you're terribly, terribly early. The is party that... is at 8 p.m. sharp. Is that your... so? Yes, I think you might want to uh, check your invitation again, sir. I'm and, and I am Christine Marks. I am the house manager here. And I've, I can assure you the party starts at 8. As you can see, we're not even ready. Well, I'm terribly sorry. I, I, I must have been made some kind of mistake. And your name, sir? She begins looking through the, the, the clipboard. Shame is McGriddle. Oh, yes. Of the Dublin McGriddles. The Dublin McGriddles, yes. <laughs> one of our last-minute uh, guests, yes. Well, aye, we're, aye. we're very happy that you come to hopefully share some of your fortune with the starving children of Africa. And uh, is this your father, perhaps? Oh, no. I'm a Jean-Luc uh, 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 oh, oh, Beauregard. Jean yeah. oh, That's yes. how you say it. B -b -b Beauregard. <laughs> Jean-Luc Beauregard. Oh yes, the crawdaddy king of Baton Rouge. Oh we have yeah. One of our one of our later us. Yes. Well, uh, I just happened to be in America. We flew over together. That's wonderful. I'm very happy for you both. Now. Oh yeah. Now listen, I have don't you been mean, to America? It's a lovely country. I've been there many times. But I don't mean to be rude, but we are preparing for the party. And we simply must get going. You can come back at 8 o'clock and we'll be happy to entertain you. And we do appreciate your, your interest. And somebody comes up behind her and whispers in her ear, it's the biggest guy you've ever seen. He's got huge broad shoulders and this giant thick neck. And he has a black diamond tattooed on his neck. He whispers in house manager Christine's ear. She goes, yes, just mark it off limits. It'll be fine. Just put an off limits sign. Yes. He's like, mm. and walks back inside. She goes, all right then. Thank you, she says. I, I will be back at eight. Yes, and she definitely signals with her body language that the conversation is at an end. But you seem to have uh, gotten, gotten in and out without... Uh, you got a good lay of the land at least now. And yep. you know the place is well guarded by guys who are fairly well armed. Um, just because they're not necessarily Americans. There's American guns all over Iceland. America, there's a tr they have a treaty with America. American military protects Iceland and uses the airport all the time. So, definitely some black market guns flying around. Uh, anyway, that's about what you see for now. And you've heard kind of an interesting thing about a door marked private. And you saw someone who... Uh, your investigations have turned up in the past. Yeah, he resembled the uh, the guy. Yeah, you yeah. know the guy. The guy that uh, hired. Oh yes. The, the people Same who tried to. Same gentleman. Yeah, who tried to assail Charity Pinch at the uh, New Devon Mall back in back in the states. It's a good thing Iceland's in NATO. <coughs> NATO's never gonna, never gonna be broken up. <laughs> well, you, know, you uh, yes. you, you make your way back. Uh, this is fucking NATO, right? Yeah. <laughs> Surely they've got to be. They're in the North Atlantic. Why wouldn't they? Well, I, uh, I'm not even. I'm not even certain. They could be like uh, Ireland and just be like neutral all the time. Interesting fact to know. But they're certainly 
strongly allied with the United States. I can tell you that. Well, that much yeah. I know. Yes, they are. Of course, they're NATO. Yeah. And uh, so I'll assume you guys go ahead and make your way to the uh, Hotel Borg, where the machine is waiting for you. Know. Uh, and of course, locally, people just call it the Borg. But as you, uh, you take the Audi back along that long and winding road around the big icy bay back towards uh, the shore, um, you again are obliged to be very careful because it's certainly a dangerous road. One, one can only hope there's no terrible accidents on this road tonight as all the guests arrive. Uh, anyway, when you drive into charming downtown Reykjavik, it's not like as big as you pictured in your mind, but uh, it's a very charming town. And I, I believe the population of Iceland is smaller than the population of Kansas City. Yes, it's it's a very small population. And yeah, I'm not surprised. And it's it it doesn't have like this huge gleaming uh, um, skyline, but it's very opulent though. I mean, for most people, it has a population of one, which is Bjork. That's right. <laughs> That's all they That's know. Right. And what do you really need past that? Um, I. I'm not going to tell the story about how Bjork winked at me once because these guys have already heard it too often, but <laughs> I, it happened. That's all I'm going to say. Anyway, it's, it is a very elegant town. That's the word that keeps coming to mind, and the hotel itself is very elegant. It's right across the street from this beautiful green space, this park. And when you, you guys have a suite that's booked in your name, so you each have your own private bedroom, share a suite. When you get up there, you... Uh, find among all the other elegant surroundings in your room uh, of course the, the blinds are all shut and everything's you know the room's not really ready to go yet but the first thing you see is this huge basket of fruits and chocolates and cheeses and little sausages and sparkling cider and a bottle of wine and there's a card attached to it if you'd like to read the card mm, I'm, I'm suspicious man yes uh, let me see this uh, it's, uh, it's, it's addressed to Messrs. McGriddles and Beauregard. <laughs> okay. Well, you open it says, Messrs. McGriddles and Beauregard, welcome to Reykjavik. We anticipate the pleasure of your company at House Alexandra at 8 o'clock this evening. Trusting that you will be generous to our cause, we invite you to partake and refresh yourselves. And it's signed, Anna Alexandra, Wealthy Feed the World. It, it really appears to be something that all guests, you know, all, all attendees are probably getting, you know. Some some swag, as it were. Uh, nevertheless, there's a knock on your door. And uh, you can open it or not. Who is it? The, oh, the hotel manservant. Manservant? Yes, manservant. Is that your name? No, manservant? I have to unpack for you, open, open blinds, uh, show where towels are, so on and so forth. Are you Asian? No, sir. Okay, I thought I thought you sounded Asian. Okay, then I'll open the door. Okay, well this guy comes in. No, oh, excuse me, sir. And you, you're you're sophisticated enough to know in a fine hotel, the hotel manservant comes in and unpacks your bags for you, put your stuff in the drawers. You know, first thing he does, he walks over and he un opens the blinds or opens the curtains, so you can see that beautiful green space and park out across. You know, three stories below you. And the rest of the town. So it's a beautiful view and sunlight, afternoon sunlight streams into the room. And he uh, 
grabs your bag and sets it down on the, the little stand and begins to open it and unpack your bag. Do you guys have any problem with that? Oh, we're in different rooms, right? Well, you have two different bedrooms. Um, you have suite. And right now he's in his... He starts to unpack his stuff first. Uh, please, no. I'll do oh. that. Oh, very, very well, sir. And then he, he goes out into the main... Across the suite, goes over... Help to unpack, sir. I don't think I need any help packing my shit. <laughs> Very well, sir. Now, you guys both made mind rolls after talking to the guy. The... The... Yeah. Oh, my. Oops. <laughs> well, he was oblivious, but... As he turns to leave and go out, um... Uh, he he kind of reaches his hand out for the expected... Tip... And you can give him a few coins if you want, even though he didn't really do anything. But uh, when he reaches his hand out, you see that uh, partially obscured, it looks like a little black triangle on his on his arm, like tattooed on his arm, but you only see the top of it. It could very easily be a diamond tattooed on his wrist. But How, uh, lo- how long have you worked in this hotel? Well, some months now. It's very been very good to me. Tips are very good here. <clears throat> Is that so? Oh, yes, usually, yes. Well, here's... I'll give you some Irish money, then. Well, thank you, sir. What's all I've got? I haven't, I haven't been to the bank yet. I haven't changed my currency. Of course, sir. No gratuity is necessary, but I will keep this Irish money as a souvenir, sir. If you're ever in Ireland, have some potatoes. <laughs> That's what they say. <laughs> I, thought, I think that's the same that's thing as I've Irish heard. money as well. <laughs> <laughs> Just like yeah. potato peels. Yeah. Like faces put it on. Yeah. Well, anyway, he, uh, I mean, after not being allowed to unpack your shit for you, he goes ahead and leaves. I think he was an agent with the Black Diamond or something. Did you? I don't know why I'm still talking in this voice. <laughs> well, and I forgot to talk in my agent voice. Well, you blew our cover, didn't you? <sighs> well, he doesn't know. Not everyone has an accent from, from Louisiana, but they probably Some of don't them have British accents. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could be a wealthy, yes, uh, an old school uh, British settler. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I, I didn't see any... What 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 did you see that made you think he was a... He had a di- he had what appeared to be a diamond tattoo on his wrist. Oh. Black diamond. I don't know how I didn't see that. I should have seen that. Well, his shirt his shirt was covering it up. I only saw, only saw it when he... When oh, he you reached. removed his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, his sleeve came up when he was... Reaching his hand out for for a hand job, trying to trying to cut my balls. (laughs) No, he was trying to he was putting his hand out for a tip for just the tip. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's true. Um, I must be slipping. I did not catch that. Uh, But he didn't ask me for a tip, uh, which is odd. Well, I uh, assume you guys brought with you appropriate evening clothes, which means tuxedo. And I know one of you probably is used to wearing a tuxedo. I'm not sure about the other one. Well, certain events, you know. Dinner jacket as well. So, uh, really, your only real choice is do you go with white jacket or black jacket? Both would be appropriate in this social context. And I'm a white jacket, of course. And he, he... You seem more like... 
black, you know, leather because you wear the black leather, and so yeah, that would I fit. See that. I think. What color of cummerbund? That's the the sash over the belly. What, what color? Hmm. Got to have some. <laughs> well, I mean, not. Um, uh, That's just a detail, but I don't know. Yeah. White. All right. Well, I've seen white on white. Yeah. Well, he's uh, black. I've, so got, I've got, like got white on black. White on. I meant white oh. on white shirt. But right. I've seen that. That's a thing too. So, so we have white cummerbund and. Uh, what, royal purple, perhaps? Sure. Yeah, all right. And uh, we got a guy in a purple comfort button. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, we'll assume you get all ready to go then and uh, get all cleaned up. And darkness having, well, it will really just be falling about 8 o'clock. And darkness is still a little bit of a, a novelty for, for this year because um, it's just returned only late last month after perpetual daylight since april and as luck would have it as you leave the hotel uh and uh, you you're, you know the valet is pulling up your audi he looks up and you hear a couple people around you gasping and the northern lights are active tonight couldn't be nicer just just a undulating curtain of yellow green up above you in this high northern latitude oh look at that uh, it's like a, ooh, like a bayou up in the sky. <laughs> I'm getting into my carriage, all. <laughs> I think it's just the Aurora Borealis, isn't it? Boy, oh, it sure is pretty. Yes, sir, says the valet as he opens the uh, Do you drive again? Yeah. All right, well, you guys get back uh, out onto the road and head south uh, for a while until you reach the estate and... The northern lights are, of course, still visible right now. You don't know how long they will be, but the estate is also festooned with festive lights. And this uh, luminous and eerie sort of light show above, it only adds to the, the, the gala event feel of, of the scene. And there's a line of fine vehicles dropping off very well-dressed guests up at the front one by one. And valets are taking their cars into the rear by that old converted stables. And I don't mean like a little barn. I mean like a big old, you know, stables on that gravel patch to park them. And you can see that's what they're doing. They're giving their keys to the valets. The valets are going around the back. And as you approach, and you have to slow down for a while, but as you approach, the uh, valet comes to take your car. Do you guys just do what everybody else is doing? Yes. I don't want him to find the secret. No, we just give him the valet key. So that they can't activate the spy shit. Well, that sounds reasonable. Yeah. That I bet people do that who ha- who use valet parking a lot. They probably have a valet key. And key yeah, they do. That's a thing. Yeah. Okay, that's a thing. All right. I'm um, not sure whether it was a thing in the 80s, but... I'm glad to know it's a thing. It certainly was for spies in the 80s. I would think. Yes. Anyway, keeping your keys, you give the valet the valet key, and you see your Audi roll up behind the building. And... Don't put a scratch on it now. No, sir. And as you enter the big glass double doors, you're greeted by house manager Christine. So we meet again, she says. Hey, I told you we'd be back at eight. Yes, I take, uh, let me take your invitations. Oh, it is a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Yes, yes, we, we didn't get a chance to uh, speak too much earlier. Uh, but no, I have many guests to speak to, so please do go in and enjoy yourselves. 
and she gets right on to other business. Now, inside, there's this opulent ballroom. It's just sparkling with sequins and diamonds, and all the men are resplendent in these tuxedos, and there's this eight-piece jazz band that's playing a kind of upbeat, sophisticated-sounding jazz, and you recognize several faces from magazine covers, like celebrities uh, and business tycoons, and like Bob Geldof is there, and uh, Donald Trump is there, and... Uh, and uh, but let's let's not turn this into an adventure. Going to screw with him as as entertaining as that would be. Uh, how can how can you resist going up to Donald Trump? Well, you, I would go up to him, uh, but uh, I can't do a Donald Trump impersonation. But uh, just, you see, just, it's tremendous. It's a tremendous party, tremendous party. I love Very, it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. You're a party. rude, terrible person. So, <laughs> I can't do it. I'm never going back to this party. It's terrible. Anyway, I can't do him either, but uh, he's just to show you the, the caliber of, of people who are there, who you're hobnobbing with now at this party. And, uh, in fact, uh, the King of Norway is there as well. There are probably about 300 guests in this big ballroom. And there's a balcony going around the top, and the jazz band is actually up there. And... Uh, there's servers, you know, they're circling the room offering finger foods and champagne. And uh, I assume you both take a, a glass of champagne when it's offered. Oh, yes, I will take a champagne. You have any bourbon? <laughs> perhaps, perhaps, uh, gentlemen, we'll see the bar. And you see it towards the back of the room, underneath the balcony where the jazz band is. There's a bar set up where one can get something other than the generic champagne the circling and of course they have bourbon yeah, oh yeah bourbon. I'll get some bourbon yeah. <laughs> with a glass of bourbon and uh, uh, have you got any Irish whiskey they've got some of the finest Irish whiskey that you've ever tasted and you're ashamed that you've never even heard of it but that's just what at the bar and you notice there's no cash exchange at the bar either this is this is way up above that level of party. Um, you're treated very well. But, oh my heavens, you hear a, a voice say, as you guys are standing at the bar enjoying your boybin and your nameless Irish whiskey, you hear this voice, and there's a guy with like a real big like white afro. He's a white guy, but he's this huge afro and a little beard. Like He looks like Jeff Lynn of, of ELO, kind of, you know? And big sunglasses, like big oversized Elton John type sunglasses. His uh, tuxedo has got all kinds of ridiculous sequins and things on it. And he goes, Goodness gracious me, you've got the look. You have got the look, he says to Vinny. I've got a look, you say? Oh, you're an Irishman. That's even better, he oh. says, mimicking your voice. No, that's not Dino Digby. Have you heard of me? Have I? Well, if you're into, like, you know, pop music and things like that, then you probably are. Uh, uh, Eurobeat pop music and that sort of thing. I don't know if you're... You strike me as more of a Springsteen kind of guy. Yeah. It's not... It's, yeah, I think people probably heard of Dino Digby. They're into pop music, yeah. I've, I've heard the name. Oh, yeah, well, you know, I'm a record producer. I work I work in London. I'm coming here to help out. You know, I, I just gotta say, you've got the look. Have you ever done any singing? Um, well... Not outside the shower, I'm afraid. Oh, just, just, would you mind just, uh, singing a little bit for me? Just, just sing a little bit, and, uh, just give me, like, a little doo-wop. You got oh, yeah. this great look about you. It's almost like a, 
It's almost like a you're, you're a young Dion. You know, Dion on the Belmonts. Could you ever done any dancing? Um, yeah, I, well, I've done, I, I have danced before, yes, but I mean, not professionally, of course. Well. But what, what sort of thing doo-wop you say? Yes, I've got this. Uh, I've got this vision for electronic doo-wop, the next generation. And as he's talking to you about that, there's this yawn at the bar, and you look over, and there's a very attractive woman. I mean, she's maybe in her early fifties, still very attractive. And she looks over at you. Oh my goodness, is that bourbon I smell? Oh yes, it certainly is. Well, you suppose you'd buy me one of those, cowboy? She says. Oh, of course. It's good bourbon. Margot Butterfield from Long Island. How are you? Oh, hi. My name is um, Beauregard. Beauregard. Yes, yes. Well, I tell you. Jean-Luc Beauregard. Can you believe this ridiculous, these ridiculous outfits some of these people are wearing? Well, it's as silly as it could be. Yes, it is. I mean, it's just... <laughs> Things used to be much better in the old days, don't you agree? Well, yes. Too bad you were never in swinging London. Oh, well, yeah, it's too bad. Hate Ashbury, I spent time there as well. I used to be quite the flower child, you know. Well, I don't know nothing about that. I was in the bayou <laughs> with the crawdaddies and... Eating a gumbo. Really? It's, it's rare. It's rare to meet men of such of such strange experience. You must have quite a few stories to tell. You must be very virile to have survived on the bayou for so long. Well, you could say that. Hmm. Well, I just wish that more virile, active men were in charge of the world sometimes. I just don't like the way the world's going. It seems like it's passing my life. Do you ever feel, do you ever feel like you're getting old, Mr. Beauregard? Well, I feel younger when I'm around a woman like this yourself. Oh, Mr. Beauregard. Anyway, after, uh, you know, mingling with these people for a while, you're both interrupted. Oh, 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 I'm sorry, says uh, Dino Digby. We'll talk later, young man. We'll talk later. You've got what it takes, I can tell already. And, well, perhaps we'll have a drink later, she says, as, uh, because they're backing up because Anna Alexander herself Anna Alexandra herself who's making the rounds of the party has finally made it over to you uh, she also is very attractive she's, it's a severe kind of attractive you know she has uh, pointy features strong jaw, strong chin pointy nose, high cheekbones and piercing, piercing blue eyes and a very dark complexion so sort of a striking look her hair is cut in bangs like kind of a Cleopatra Look, she wears a, a tasteful black dress, and standing behind her is this great big guy who, you know, you, you saw earlier with the huge thick neck and the broad shoulders. And she goes, it's such a pleasure to meet both of you. It's Mr. Beauregard, isn't it? Oh, yes. Yes, the Crawdad King. Crawdad King. Of, of Baton Rouge. That's all right. And, uh, and, and it's uh, Mr. Seamus McGriddles, yes? Hi. Hi. Well, very well. I'm so happy that you came here tonight. I'm so, I, I was very surprised to have your last-minute uh, uh, arrangements made, but... Uh, oh, I'm so sorry. Where are my manners? Might I introduce my personal secretary, Rock Bottom? She 
says. And Rock Bottom reaches out to shake your hands oh. and make a make a body roll when you shake his hands. No. Well, he actually like squeezes it just What hard is that grip you got <laughs> on there? Oh. <laughs> yeah, and he's, he's he's trying to, you know, muscle up. Uh, he kind of, and then he just kind of lurks behind her in the background a little bit. And she said, yes, I, I must admit I was very curious about you because of that. I, I make it a point to know all the donors as well as I can. And I did a little bit of research this afternoon, and I'm surprised I'd never heard of you before. But your stories all check out. You understand we can't be too careful. There's so much, so much wealth here. Well, of course. I mean, you wouldn't want just to let anybody in, you know. Yeah, so you'll forgive me if, uh, see if I, how, how do the Americans say, checked you out? Yes. Not at all. Not a problem at all. I do love America, though. I was educated there. That's why I learned to speak as well as I do. I hope that I take some pride in hoping you cannot find a trace of my accent. That being said, uh, there's something about accents. It's always so easy to tell a false one. Wouldn't you gentlemen agree? <laughs> oh, yes. I mightily agree. Yes, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find the Irish again. Um, I think. I think it's quite. I think it's quite easy. Or quite uh, easy to tell when something's fake. Well, uh, yes, but time down in. Said so that was a fake one. That was fake. <laughs> it's all fake. Well, speaking of fake, I'll tell you what's not fake, gentlemen, and that's the starving children in Africa. They are starving. Some of them are very thin. I have seen photographs. Would you well, be so they kind? just need to eat some gumbo and shrimp and frogs. We want to give them all the gumbo and shrimp and frogs that they can eat. In fact, I wonder if, you know, now that I think of it, I wonder if some of the ecology in certain parts of Africa might not be terribly dissimilar to the perhaps gumbo and crawdads and frogs are the way to go. But to make that happen, gentlemen, we need wealth. We need the wealthy people of the world to unite. And she kind of signals Rock Bottom, who comes up with a tray with a pen on it. The implication being you're supposed to get out the checkbooks at this point. So would you, I assume your heart's generous, and that's why you've come here this evening. Course. Would you care to make a donation for the poor children? Well, let me see what we've got here. Well, and of course, you guys already got your, your fake. Did he give books. us like a yeah? He gave limit? us fake checkbooks. He didn't give you a limit. He just hoped that it wouldn't be because if if she turns if this turns out to, if she turns out to be an agent, they're never going to pay it anyway. But if yeah. if they're wrong and they're embarrassed, they don't want to pay too much. Well, I I could certainly donate cash, and I certainly will do that. But I'll go you one further. Oh? And the McGriddle Potato Empire will donate one million pounds of potatoes to the starving children of Africa. Well, that's interesting. I'll, 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 I will have Christine get with you on those details. We'll just fly a 747 full of fucking potatoes <laughs> right into the heart of the Congo. He says, well, yes, we will have, we'll have Christine work with you on that. In fact, we may want to do you one better and see if you would not mind providing some technicians to teach the Africans how to grow their own potatoes. <laughs> climate, climate and soil permitting, of course. 
Well, I don't know if they'll be able to grow the same kind we grow in Ireland. You know, it's cloudy and rainy all the time in Ireland, and I don't know that that's the same as in Africa, but we'll see what we can do. And in the meantime, in addition to writing you this check for one million pounds of potatoes... Very generous, so thank you. I will also write a check for $33,271.26. Very well, thank you so much. And uh, of course, Rock Bottom holds the tray. When you're pressing down a right, the tray doesn't even move. It doesn't even wiggle. This guy's got like sinews of steel. And Mr. Beauregard, may, mm. what, what will we expect a 747 full of frogs and crawdads? <laughs> Giant pot of gumbo, perhaps? Or will, your, will you also be making cash or check donations, sir? Well, let me see what... Um, let me get on my glasses and look at this uh, check here. Okay, I'm gonna write a big old fatty check for you. Oh, very generous. Mm hmm. And I'm like, gonna pretend like I uh, made a typo. <laughs> so it's like $50 instead of $50,000. Oh. Well, it's a big order of 50000 for you. She's too polite to actually look at it, but rock bottom, uh, looks down, looks back up, make brief eye contact with, with you, but whether it's registered or not. But those yeah. African kids are gonna be so fat. <laughs> That's why we're here, to make African children fat. <laughs> I mean, it's better than the alternative now, isn't it? Now, I have so many guests to meet. I am very happy to have made your acquaintance. And uh, any further details, of course, you can work out with my house manager, Christine, and, uh... Is that Lionel Richie over there? Yes, I believe it is. Uh, so Hello! Can... <laughs> 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 uh, uh, stuck on you. Anyway, yeah, Lionel Richie. Uh, having a drink with Donald Trump. And the king of Norway. Over in, over in one corner. Meanwhile... But Bob Geldof won't hang around with them. So, you're left to mingle again. And uh, both the people you were talking to have wandered off in the meantime. Uh, but is there anything particular you want to do or look for or anywhere you want to look around or anything while this party's going on? Hmm. In, fa in fact, you... Um, one, th uh, one thing I forgot to mention is as she's walking away, uh, you can't help I me, mean, you know, look at her figure as she walks away. This is fairly natural. And then looking at her up and down, she does wear a large uh, black diamond on an anklet, a very tasteful anklet. Uh, and so, whether or not she truly is a cabal agent, the idea of a black diamond is definitely associated with her. Just then, though, she, the. She goes up to uh, about halfway up the stairway that leads to the second floor and turns around, and the jazz band stops about this time, and the, the, the chandelier lights dim, and a spotlight from the balcony goes on her, and she begins giving a speech, thanking everyone for being here, and so on and so forth. So, actually, with the lower lights and everyone's attention focused on her, it could be a good opportunity to... to uh, do whatever crazy plan you might have that I... Have cannot possibly anticipate. Uh, there's certainly all attention is drawn towards one side of the room 
like I say, there's plenty of other uh, places around here. Well, I, I, my plan was to mingle around nonchalantly, sipping a drink and eating some hors d'oeuvres and whatever, but really with the intention of trying to find whatever room was marked off limits. Does that sound right? Yes. Sound um, you. I was interested in finding that woman that I was talking to earlier. Oh, maybe You want to look very far to find her. Getting some info, info from her, finding out if she maybe is a, a spy of some type. Okay, well, yeah, you don't have to look very far now. Do you guys kind of split up at this point? <clears throat> Sounds like it. All right. Yeah. So you guys split up again to uh, work the room. Uh, meanwhile, you, you don't have to look very far to find her. She's right down over at the end of the bar. She's on her second bourbon. Well, Mr. Beauregard, I see you running very high circles. Oh, yes. How is that bourbon for you? Oh, yes. I'm enjoying it quite immensely. You know, it's just really too bad that, uh, like I was saying, the men of substance, men like my father and his uncles, you know. Oh, who was it, your father and uncle? Oh, well, let's just say they were war heroes in World War II. Oh, I see. His family had to move after the war. We went to America. Oh, I see. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just, sometimes I just get so frustrated with the way the world's going. I guess there in the South, in America, you have quite a big problem with race relations, don't you? Oh, it gets nasty sometimes. I don't know. My uncle and, my, my uncles and father would have known how to handle that. Boy. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, so, what, uh, who were now? What, what, the, well, who were that is, uh, you know? Oh, well, you wouldn't know their names. As I say, they were war heroes. Darling, you must understand, they weren't American. Yeah, I must start to understand. Yeah, so after talking to her for a while, <laughs> you start to feel like she's not a spy, but she very well may be, like, uh, ideologically a Nazi. Yeah. And uh, you're, you're able to extricate yourself from the conversation uh, if you wish to. She definitely definitely doesn't... Uh, none of your warning signals are going off. She's a spy after interacting with her a little bit. But you do think she would uh, possibly like to... Uh, she would be... She would not be averse to a romantic overture from you if you want to sleep with a Nazi. <laughs> well, only... If I was going to get information from her, yeah, you don't but feel doesn't look terribly like confident that she has a lot of information. Meanwhile, not the kind of information I want. Meanwhile, you're sitting there and wandering around and so on and so forth, and it's, it's it's you don't even really have to ask anybody where it is through conversation, just by lurking like, around. Yeah, I wasn't wouldn't even mention. Oh, yeah, it. Good, good. yeah, just by lurking around on the fringes of the crowd and a few polite conversations and you know politely elbow kind of carefully across the room because there is a speech going on and that's not to say there's no chatter at all in the background but most people are standing and watching but uh just on the opposite side of the bar in fact not that far away there's a double wide doorway like you'd see in a castle um even a faux castle like this one with a heavy uh deep red velvet curtains and there's a little card on the stand right outside the curtains it just says Private, of course, it says it in Icelandic, but it's pretty obvious what it is. In fact, it's if ducking through it might 
might not uh, be the smartest idea, you know, when the party is at full swing. Right now, with all the lights dimmed and everyone watching her, there's a much better opportunity than it would have been earlier. Well, I will take that opportunity. And down at the other end of the bar, as your conversation with her is going, you kind of see him duck through the curtain over there at the opposite end of the bar. So you have a general idea where he's going. And don't forget, you guys also have your your, your communicator wristwatches in addition to your Walther PPKs, which oddly no one searched you for as you came in. But it's not assumed people are going to come to a party like this packing. Anyway, and of course you've seen the security they have, so maybe they're not that worried about it. Um, and they, there's no real visible security in here that you've noticed, except maybe for rock bottom. But... There is a long hallway back here, kind of paved with uh, uh, natural paving stones on the ground. There's no rugs or anything laid down here, and totally undecorated wall. And it runs down not too far at the end of that hallway. There's a big security door with an electronic lock on it, but you don't see any cameras or anything like that around here. Although cameras were in use for security purposes, they weren't like nearly as ubiquitous as they are now. And that's what you see. There's no one in here, no one standing in front of the door. Hmm. I'm going to probably follow him once I if I see him. Yeah, your conversation with her wasn't really all that long and, and he did a bit of uh mangling on the way there, but uh, <clears throat> After you extricate yourself from your conversation with her, you can poke your head through the doorway as well. And uh, you see you see Vinny in there. And you see the creepy security door and the electronic lock. And Vinny's like, was it a number pad or what? Yeah, but really, a skilled person could probably just bypass it. Um, there's no way to guess the number, but there are various ways with a little credit card, things like that. You could... Do some tricks, bypasses, stick around in the edge, something like that. If you guys want to try that. There's also a vent above the doorway that looks like maybe you could just crawl through it. And you can hear a humming coming from in there. It sounds like uh, refrigerators or something like that. Hmm. And maybe if you couldn't get through the door, you just might be able to squeeze through. Maybe not without popping off a button or two from your tux. Hey, hey Niles, give me a boost up here. I'm going to get up in this vent. Uh, yes, uh... My shoulders are sturdy, of course. All right. Well, go ahead and make an easy strength or body roll. That means you're going for a seven or less as uh, you yes. help hoist help hoist Vinny up to the top. And it's just a matter of quickly unscrewing. This will be a body roll squeezed through. When you uh, nice. When you open it, you drop down and unlock and open it from the inside or. Yeah, if that's possible. Too. Yeah, it's possible. You can see it's just a just a little red green off on switch in here. What you see though, as you're crawling through and as you're opening the door, and then what you see when you walk in, also when you guys close it behind you. Um, there's a large room with a view of that bay. Even though it's at night, and you can see the aurora outside the window. It's a beautiful view, in fact. Now this, uh, and there's a bank of large computers in here. That's what that humming was. That you're here, and they have these big tape reels on them. You know, every single one of them is like the size of a, you know, washing machine. And there's a big screen on the wall here as well. And 
There's actually like seats for three in here, in front of these little computer monitors. Um, and this big uh, kind of light up map on the walls, an electronic map with bright green uh, vector graphics <coughs> style, you know, landforms and a black ocean. And then a point that would be maybe about 200 kilometers north of Iceland in the Greenland Sea, there's this little blinking yellow light. So you got these three seas, three computer monitors, this big map, light. So far, nobody's noticed that you're in here. There's uh, a doorway that leads outside onto a walkway, not so much a balcony, but a walkway outside the windows overlooking the bay. And there's another door in the back rear of the room that uh, you don't know where it goes. That's what you see in here. So far, like I say, nobody's missed you at the party. There's nobody in here at the moment. Uh, <clears throat> well, I think we got a good clue. Uh, whatever's out there in the ocean, uh, this guy's got to have something yes. to do with the whales. Uh, oh, yes. Hmm. I don't know if we should uh, continue on or we should just get back to the party. Of course, uh, we like have to see what's on the other side of that door. Well, there's the other side of the door. There's also the computer monitors you might be able to learn something from. All right. Uh, uh, you good with computers? Well... You have a good mind, you are. I've had to pick them up. I was uh, resistant to them. Alexander Keene forced him to go to a weekend seminar. I'm no good with computers, so why don't you see if you can get anything out of them, and I'm going to... Let me see here. Go through this door and see what's over there. Okay, well, you go up uh, to the computer monitor and you sit down. Let me log on, open, fire. And it's all, of course, you know, it's all just word commands. There's no graphics or anything. Yeah, I'm going to type in D-I-R for directory. All right, well, what? go ahead and make a mind roll as you, as you uh, check everything out. Oh, we got on it. We got right on it. So you're going to be able to tell some stuff. Maybe not every little detail, but you'll get the basic gist of it. And what you can tell pretty quickly uh, is that these computers are monitoring temperatures and air and hydraulic pressures for some kind of very large installation. Probably not this building. It's just all they're really doing is monitoring temperature and pressure gauges and things like that. And meanwhile, you go up to that door. It's locked, but it's not a big. It's not like an electronic lock or anything. It's like somebody's just locked it from the inside, like an old-fashioned lock. And it uh, you might be able to shoulder it open without doing terrible amount of damage. You might be able to jimmy it open with a credit card. Well, I don't. <clears throat> I don't want to uh, do anything that's going to make noise. So, so yeah, I'll try to jimmy it open with a credit card. All right. Well, go ahead and make a mind roll. I know it's not your strong suit, but you might get it. Wow, no, well, it's occupied. This is a voice from inside. It's occupied. You get a feeling maybe it's a bathroom. Yeah. It's just, I think it's just a shitter. Let's get it out of here. Yes, yes, let's get back. Well, this is your turning to get back. The main door opens. And Rock Bottom is standing there with three of the windbreaker running shoes guys with the Colt 9mm submachine guns. Well, well, well. This rock bottom. What have we here? Intruders in the computer room. Whoa! Like gestures of those I don't guys. think you're intruding upon anything. I just wanted to take a dump. We and were in line for the bathroom, is all. <laughs> yeah. 
here. I'm not interested in any of your crazy talk. He says, he gestures, the other guys walk into the room with their gun. Just come with me, drop any weapons you have, come with me, and we'll make this very easy. I don't like the sound of that. You can't talk your way out of this one, says Rock Bottom. Oh, who said anything about the talking? And, uh, well, those guys leap into action. What do you guys do? Fucking run. Alright, well, you can run past them back into the party, or like I said, there was a, you know, door leading out uh, to like a walkway outside that was overlooking the bay. It looks like it <clears> rings <throat> the, how, the, the the second floor of the castle, maybe. Uh, so which way do you guys want to run? I mean, so we're on the second floor? Yeah. Well, what's out of the bal- the balcony? The bay. Bay. But on but if you were to run around the balcony, which kind of rings the castle, uh, you'd be in the back above where the parking lot is. Mm-hmm. So I think that's now they spring into action, but they are not highly trained by Agency X. So you guys have about a millisecond to act when you see that these guys are coming into the room aggressively. Rock Bottom just standing there impassively blocking the doorway. Would have been hard to get past him anyway. So what do you guys do? Head for the outside? Yeah. Yes. Alright, well you get there you realize it's locked. There's only one way to get through this one fast. You have to shoulder that bitch open and make some noise. And oh, oh no! Boom! Oh! So uh, they, they uh, you want to give it a shot? You never know. Oh wait a minute. I almost forgot about a very important part of the rules. You'll see on your character sheet there's luck Three little yeah, horseshoes yeah. that represent luck. Mm-hmm. Forgot to specifically point that out to you. You may re-roll. You guys could have used that in the last adventure, too. So well, that's more important right now. Could have. Even in a very simple system, I could forget oh, I made it like worse. That. Oh, no, he made it worse. <laughs> but, uh, and of course, you can keep on using them all up if you think you want any more luck this session. What is he trying to do? Just pound just his pound, way just, into just the... Just pound through. <clears throat> now, you can... Yeah. Uh, you're pounding too hard. You have to be and gentle, like this. Oh, well, get it. You must have loosened it. Anyway, Rock, but you were wrong. Get them! Don't let them escape! And you guys charge out on it. Now, do you uh, run around the building, or...? Mm-hmm. All right, well, they run out. These three guys run out onto the onto the balcony behind you, and their their weapons are silenced, and they, they let loose. And both of you guys are going to need to, like, dive out of the way around the corner, or you might get hit. Looks like, uh, and it, and it looks like Vinny dodges out of the way, but I'm not so sure. Poor, oh, once again, you know, he's a little slow. I will use my first luck. luck. Yep, use a luck and reroll that. There we go. Yeah. You dive, I mean, with. Not only do you dive, that's a critical success. So you dodge it completely and achieve this burst of speed and make it all. past Vinny and make it all the way to the edge where you're looking down. You're on the back side of the castle now, looking down onto the area where they've spread all that gravel to make temporary parking, and you see a few valets walking around out there and servants smoking cigarettes and, and things like that. There's probably security people around too, but you're still being chased. Anyway, uh, does anyone want to take a shot at a return fire at them, or are you guys just both running for it? Yeah, I have no interest in fighting these guys. All right. Get the hell out of here. Well, at the edge, uh, you guys, uh, again, you're looking straight down... It's just one story drop. Uh, do you guys want to try to jump onto That is the course. heroic thing to do. Yes. I, I think so too. And just as they come around the corner, boom, 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 boom
This time, only you will need to dodge, uh, Vinny. Oh no! So as you're jumping, unless you're gonna spend a luck on that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost got hit, but he spends a luck and he doesn't get hit. So that's like a heroic dive off the balcony. <coughs> and you guys both make body rolls to land without hurting yourselves. Now follow my lead. Oh no! You gonna roll? A, you gonna roll a luck for that one? Man, no, I divide. Yeah, yeah, I guess I'll use my last one. All right. Hopefully. All right. Looks like. Uh, okay, that's more like it. Landing like a panther. After spinning wildly through the air for a few seconds, and landing, basically landing like a, like a man. <laughs> you both crunch into the gravel. A couple of startled. <gasps> You know, servants who are smoking cigarettes out back look, <gasps> are shocked to see you. You search around, look for the Audi, look for the Audi. Make mine real quick to be able to find it. Meanwhile, you can hear the footsteps of those guys. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah, you guys instantly see the Audi. You'll have to run across. You're going to have to expose yourself to their gunfire at least once more. But um, as you charge for it. And one of them, you think their weapon jammed. And the other one, is going to tag you if you don't. Dive out of the way. Dive behind this uh, Lamborghini that's parked. You know, hit it instead. And boom, 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 boom. And you guys get into the Audi. I assume crank up that engine. You, you're going to have oh, to yeah. leave the valet key here. But roaring out. Now, there's only one road, unfortunately. As you noticed on the way in, it's very winding and dangerous. And as you gun it out of there, I assume... Careful, careful! I assume you're going fairly fast. But some lights appear in the mirrors behind you as you oh. roar out of the castle gates and onto that winding road. And you see that uh, there are three BMW motorcycles roaring up behind you, possibly security men. And it looks like there's some kind of sedan back behind them. Hard to tell what it is. And... Uh, They are going to try to speed up and catch up with you. And do you want to gun it or let them catch up a little bit? Um, let them catch up and then we will use the uh, smoke screen. And I'll point out that gunning is dangerous. And you're out of luck. And, uh, yeah, well, yeah, and I mean, I thought about you know, engaging the rocket motor, but on this road, that's probably the best thing. We could do it later yeah, when it's not. straighter. That's good point. So, yeah. You're going to let them catch up a little bit? Yeah. Draw them in? Yeah. And then smoke them out. Well, zzz, zzz, these motorcycles come roaring up. You know, they get they get pretty close. You see little handguns come out. And they're... they're oh, one hit, one hit pretty good. Hit the car. All three of them hit the car, but... Only one has done any damage to the car. And at this point, that's cosmetic damage. Um, you don't specifically have bulletproof windows or anything like that. You guys have some cool stuff. So, the, that being said, it's a Quattro. It's a nice car. And the back windshield doesn't completely spiderweb all over the whole thing, but <coughs> it gets hit and there's a cracking spiderweb across the back window. And unless you want to gun it any faster, they're going to be doing it again. What do you guys do? After those, uh, after you hear that kick, kick, kick. Hit the smoke now! Hit the smoke! Smoke screen! Uh, Niles reaches over and punches the smoke screen. And immediately behind you, 
Well, one headlight just comes right through the smoke screen. Seems to be riding on your ass. But two of one of them you hear kind of squealing tires, and another one you hear a desperate scream and roar of an engine. You think one of them, and in fact, you see the light in your rearview mirror behind you plunging down into the bay. And there's still one right on your tail, though. And beyond that, another car, which is also getting closer. And uh, and uh, that one is actually a. There are three of the motorcycles, and behind them, there's another smaller car. It's like a little hatchback. And even in the hatchback, because of the huge bulking body in it, you can tell that that rock bottom is driving it. And again, you can gun it and risk an accident um, or endure them or think of something else. Well, we do have one other thing. Is the, uh, didn't we get the tire-slashing hubcaps? You have the tire-slashing hubcaps, which would, again, be one of those things that would require letting them in pretty close. Yeah, we gotta wait, like, maybe maneuver so that we're side-by-side. Side. Okay, with the, with the car itself or the, or the motorcycle? Um, the car. All right. And it's roaring it's up tire so you guys basically just let... You don't gun it. Now, again, there's there's hairpin turns everywhere, but you're not going at such a speed that you are obliged to make any rolls as you go around them. But actually, as it gets close, you can see it's this little black Volkswagen GTI um, with this huge rock bottom in it. And you see flashes of light come from just on the inside of the hubcaps. You realize it's got machine guns mounted in this thing. You're coming up behind you. Make a drive, make a, a body roll as you drive to swerve back and forth to try to avoid. <coughs> you do, and you can hear the guns going off though, and they're right behind you. If you want to pull up, if you want to be beside him, you're gonna have to do some maneuvering. You know, you hit the brakes and and, and twist so he pulls up right beside you. He doesn't look like he looks like he's gonna try to stay behind you. Meanwhile, the motorcycle comes up in between you and the cliff face. So the, yeah, comes up in between you and the cliff face. And, uh, well, I, if, if, as soon as he gets there, I'm just going to frame him into the fucking cliff. <laughs> nice. No roll necessary for that one. That's just boom! And that one, there's no way he can roll his way out of that one. Whether he dies or not, you don't know, but the motorcycle and everything else just tumbles off into the darkness behind you. And, in fact, in moving over, and uh, how do you maneuver this guy... Be, uh, how do you try to get next to this guy in the GTI? Well, I'm just gonna hit the brakes. And it's I mean, obviously rock. Bottom. I've swerved over into the yeah. wall, and now I'm just gonna the hit the, not slam on him, but s slow down aggressively, so pump he, him, so that he. Yeah. I think it's take a little bit of nuance. Make an easy body roll. Basically, you're only gonna fail on that ten. All right, and you got a critical success. You've got him in right, just the right position. And again, he would be now on the outer side, closer to the bay oh. as well. And uh, that's a critical success. I mean, critical success is a critical success. I guess you want to go ahead and engage the. There's no role necessary okay. to do that. You just hit the. Niles hits the button on the joystick. Joystick. The little, all the controls are on a false top in the, the gearship, mm -hmm. like all spike cars. And the his, uh, blades come whirling out of the sides of the hubcaps. And. 
hit, uh, strike the tires of the little Volkswagen GTI. It just goes completely, completely out of control. And you hear this voice, this rock bottom in the Volkswagen GTI sails off into the bay and it's big splash. He's going to be pissed about that one. I can just tell. And of course, I predict it. just about now you're pulling off onto the main road that leads along. But behind, behind that, you hear four more BMW motorcycles pull out behind you onto the road. This is uh, you're off the big winding road now. You're on the coastal highway heading either north to Reykjavik or south to the airport, uh, whichever way you want to turn. Now would be a good time to uh, use that. Uh, what was it? Uh, you got the rocket motor. Oh, yes, the go. rocket. Rocket booster. Do you want to use that? Hell yeah. We're going to get down to the airport. Hey, we're going to take it down to the airport now. Right. So Blast off. Hanging a sharp left and getting up straight away. These motorcycles zzz, 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 whip out behind you, and I assume you punch it. You're just glued to your seat. Acceleration. Uh, you know, your faces are, you know, distorted and flying backwards. Uh, Hard to keep control of the vehicle. Make a body roll. Drive down the rocket down the highway. Critical success. You take a few terrible turns. You make it to the airport in like ten minutes. And <sighs> and there's no immediate <laughs> pursuit. There's no immediate pursuit. What do you guys want to do? Go back, get on a plane, go consult with Alexander Keene, or 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 what? Can we communicate with him from our wrist communicators? Or no, they don't have that other? kind of range. No. You need you need to get to a satellite phone of some kind, and there's there's coded ways you can call him and scramble the line, but you got to have a satellite phone. You can call him from a public satellite phone, but it would have to be a satellite phone. Yeah. Well, I don't think he's going to be happy to talk with us. We blew it. Well, you certainly found something out, though. What? I don't remember anything. Well, Getting senile in your old age, man. <laughs> old man. There's one pretty vital clue on the big map of, uh, map on the wall with the glowing dot out in the uh, Greenland Sea, monitoring air temperature pressure. Some sort of facility out there. Yeah. Um. Somehow my New Jersey guy is turning into Tracy Morgan. I'm not sure what that's about. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm going to attempt to rent a helicopter. Nice. Nice. Alright. Well, it's really just a matter of red tape at this point. And helicopters rented. It's got to be a, a long range. It'll get you at least to Nova Scotia. You know, the fuel they've got. You got one that can get you to Nova Scotia. You can get a flight there to Moss Eisley or wherever you're going. <laughs> no. Uh... Yeah, I love renting a helicopter, and in fact, as you've rented it and as you're flying off, you see a few more cars just pulling into the airport as you're flying away. You can just see a phalanx of them, like, it, it just, you just know they're, they're, uh... You're too late, coming. losers! Yeah, and in fact, the, uh, the, the lead car, the great big, uh, black Ford Explorer, and stops and it watches the helicopter take off and a great big soaking wet black and blue body <laughs> gets out of it and rock bottom shakes his fist at the helicopter and you guys fly away and that's the end of our our second act of the spy game <laughs>